Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT flavored edition. I am El Fagador Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. How's it going? Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Good. Well, we're talking about this week. Uh, this week, we're talking about the fact that the undisputed era may be splitting up, and that information may have been leaked. Uh, you may have also guessed it from watching NXT. We'll also be reviewing the full show. Here it is. PW Insider's Mike Johnson said, um, he said, you may have surmised from uh, last night's NXT that Adam Cole wrestling Austin Theory is the beginning of Adam Cole uh, shifting into a babyface role on the brand. Uh, and WWE obviously started teasing that after he lost to Finn Balor. Uh, but PW Insider has also been told by multiple sources that the plan is for Kyle O'Reilly to also shift into a fully-fledged babyface role going forward. I would argue that that had already started. It's not like it's, that's not really a secret. However... As of writing, the rest of the Undisputed Era, i.e. Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish, are not slated to follow. And then Mike uh, Johnson says that it will be interesting to see where WWE NXT goes with the faction and how they will be presented going forward. And this obviously then ties into a few of the things that we've posited the last few weeks. Like, I feel like Kyle O'Reilly winning the NXT championship or even just being in a match on takeover that Adam Cole is not involved in might rankle uh, Adam Cole, ruffle a few feathers within the old undisputed era. However, if, oh my God. However, if you are doing what kind of seems to be the fallout from today's, uh, sorry, last night's episode of NXT, you've got Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly both aligned with the light, Adam, and over mm. on the dark side. Old fish and Roddy Strong. Old Strong what, Fish. What do you think? What do you think's happening with Strong Fish? What do you think's happening? Ah, so Fish Rod. Oh my God! Fish Rod. Fishing it's been Rod. there the whole. Ah. It's been there the whole time. What have we done? 
No, we have to keep us. We've ordered all these strong fish t-shirts, Lauren. <laughs> ah, it's been there the entire time. <laughs> Fishing rod. Um, man. Oh, so uh, the only thing I think they've really missed a trick on, because I, spoilers, I really like this uh, episode of NXT. Really good go-home show. For what is up until now really felt like an afterthought takeover, the card is stacked and may legitimately be one of the hardest uh, takeovers to predict. Um, by the time this goes out, obviously, we'll have done our predictions over on Wrestle 2, so go over and check out those. Um, I still haven't... I'm still not 100% on which way it's going. My only thing I think they missed out on the road to TakeOver 31 is not putting a tag match with mm. Strongfish um, versus um, the current champs who are... Pretty Tango, that's it. I remember. Um, because that is just like, then all eyes are on Yui. And I think in the sense they still kind of are, it's just I want to see more from Fish and Strong. Because, like, yeah, they these guys beat up, um, you know, Drake Maverick. They're obviously very, very heel still. Um, and then you've got fantastic stuff from um, Kyle O'Reilly, who's still a little bit of a tweener in this week's episode. Adam Cole is pretty much unabashedly face at this point. And it's like, yeah, like who... Because if, if, for example, under, you know, Roderick Strong and and um, Bobby Fish were to win the titles from Breezango, then Kyle O'Reilly fails. What if they turn on him and Adam Cole kind of sides with Kyle O'Reilly? Because that is the real friendship at the core of Undisputed Era. And they've made that very clear this week. And it's just like, there's so, there's so much there. I'm, I'm a little gutted that we're not getting um, what everyone presumes to be uh, the UE versus Brazango match on the TakeOver card. Because I really feel that is the final piece of the puzzle to make it really fascinating for the for the UE story. But yeah, no, I, they, I, it looks like they're splitting up. Mm. We might, like, I, I think... Cole and Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Fishrod would be an amazing tag team feud. Mm-hmm. It would be incredible. And but just what I want the most is Kyle versus Cole. I want it so. I didn't realize how much I wanted it until this week when Cole cut a promo on how you know Kyle O'Reilly is going to shock the world, but he's not going to shock me. And just the you know the shots of them young and being together and like. Man, I am so yeah. excited for this takeover. Like, I like in the last like week and a half to two weeks, my anticipation for it's gone through the roof. Can't. If wait. you were, yeah, if you weren't already a Kyle O'Reilly groupie before this episode, this is the one to make you it because he like the the through line here was undisputed era and Kyle O'Reilly specifically having risen to that point. Uh, to face the NXT champion Finn Balor at Takeover Thirty One. There was a prime target section that happened in the show that was. Uh, like the most babyface prime target I think he could do. It's about the, the years of training that Kyle O'Reilly's had, 15 years in the business, working his way up to this point. They did a brilliant bit of um, sort of history, like sort of retroactive history making with him and Finn Balor of being like, you know, I went I went here and he'd left. I went there and he'd left. I turned mm. up here and he goes to Raw and now he's back. I've been following him around the world thinking I want to have a match with Finn Balor and now I finally got it. Um, you know, in this promo, 
Kyle also like Adam Cole obviously put Kyle over quite hard in the promo, but seemingly like that there's there is that little ripple of tension there between them. And then yeah, Kyle said like, "What's everyone's asking? What's going to happen with the undisputed era?" And he said like, "You know, we stick together if I win the championship. We're, it's just the exact same. We're fine. Don't worry about it. We're <laughs> yeah, as exactly. tight as we've always been. It's going to be the second wave of the golden prophecy, is what he said. <laughs> is there a problem with the Rockers? No, it's, it's <laughs> they're definitely breaking up." Um, it's just whether or not it happens at the takeover or not. Mm. And if that tag match was on the takeover, I would say that they're 100% breaking up on takeover. It, they, it may be more slow burn than that. I think we, I think we're going to get into a little bit of a shoving match. I think there's going to be a little bit of a, you couldn't get it done. I think maybe we might get Yui trying to interfere, but Kyle Stopping sending them, them home, sh- maybe shoving Roderick Strong down, something like that. And that may end up costing him, or he might win. I don't know. Like literally in in the interview, which we'll talk to, which is again beautiful segment. Like maybe not as good as Rock Austin from that episode of SmackDown before Mania X Seven, but it's it's up there in terms of like making a match seem important in at the last minute. It's just the one thing they said, which uh, I think it was Kyle O'Reilly said. No one loses on their first defense, do they? And it's just like, oh, there's oh, just a Kyle. little bit. Kyle was <laughs> Captain Charisma there, yeah. And so that, that was that's we'll, we'll get to that in a in a mo, just because uh, that was like the the finale of this sort of episode long build to the final face to face between Kyle and Finn, and you got to sort of see their interaction because really the story is obviously about Kyle and the Undisputed Era because you got Austin Theory backstage at one point saying that you know he found it very inspirational Carl's little video that he just saw working for 15 years ha 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 I was on Wrestlemania at 22 maybe he needs to try harder what mm. a douchebag and then Cole comes out he gets in the ring and he says you know for three years we dominated NXT the prophecy came true uh, we won the first ever war game we're still that undisputed era that won the first ever war games match and then Adam Cole calls out Austin Theory for talking trash to Kyle and Adam Cole and Austin Theory have this match we'll go through the match in detail a bit later but yeah the 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 point is he's beating the crap out of theory for for Kyle's honor uh, and oh, such a good match yeah um and it was it was a great little match and then yeah so Adam Cole is fired up and angry and like you wonder when you're watching this him like really lay into Austin theory like really putting him to task whether he's angry on Kyle's behalf or whether he's angry on his own behalf about somebody insulting Kyle because maybe that reflects badly on Adam Cole, the leader of the Undisputed Era. Maybe Adam Cole thinks he should be in the match against Finn Balor, the man who Adam Cole lost to quite recently. Um, That is, I just think that was just a brilliant little bit because, yeah, it does position Cole as a babyface, but he's a babyface who's a little bit unstable. Like, there was a a level of viciousness here that, that... sort of suggested something more than just being like, well, you just said some naughty stuff about my friend. Like he was dishing out something here that felt quite personal. Mm. Um, and yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with that at takeover. Cause then we got that brilliant face to face, uh, chaired by Sean Michaels, um, with Finn and Kyle. And yeah, Sean said, obviously it was all very respectful in the beginning and he put over Finn massively and then he put over Kyle massively as you would do. But he said like, you know, I think Kyle, you're probably the best kept secret in wrestling right now. And then Balor says, I don't think you're a secret. I know who you are. You might be to the outsiders, but I know you're good. But do you really think you can beat me? And then they just had this brilliant 
back and forth that at times felt pretty unscripted. Um, and yeah, I just, I loved it. Like when you're saying like, you know, you're going to turn up with the undisputed era, you're going to turn up like a man. And Carl's like, I'll turn up like a man. And he's like, look at these, you know, me in the era, here's one hand, here's the other hand, look at them, they wash each other. <laughs> but like, Kyle was Mr. Charismatic, I think, in this segment. And like, mm. if you wanted to make a single star out of someone who, you know, has proven himself very funny before in in uh, NXT history, but never has really been given that much time to just talk as himself and really appear as his own sort of character. He's always just been, you know, it's like a... The sweeps from Transformers, uh, you know, Cyclonus's sweeps. They're not. They're just all carbon copies of the same person. And I think that's what the undisputed era, generally speaking, are. With Adam Cole as the the lead bastard. But yeah, I'd be, it's nice to see sort of more aspects of Carl's character. And yeah, like he really had a sort of edge here. But it was that line where he says, um, you know, people think I'm the underdog in this match, but the sound of a knee popping. Uh, or exploding really tends to change people's minds. <laughs> it's so it, yeah. good. When he says you have everything it takes to be NXT champion, and you would be if this title was on anyone else but Finn Balor, and yeah, like it's 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 really really good. Like it's I think a lot of people would expect kind of kind of Kyler Riley singles push to be more like there to be a bit more build to his first takeover. Obviously, Triple H said uh, in a recent interview that that was the plan. Like, Kyle O'Reilly's singles push was always in the works, but obviously things being switched around because of COVID, and especially with the most recent outbreak, uh, things had to be massively uh, shifted around. Uh, it's like the last two tape, last two shows, like, had to be retaped like crazy close mm. to, the, um, to the deadline. So, yeah, this is all kind of arriving out of a little bit of out of nowhere, but oh, if we get for the NXT Tag Team Championships, Strong Fish versus uh, Cole O'Reilly. I am, I oh oh. What else is around the corner, Adam? Survivor Series and also War Games. Oh shingles! You're right. <laughs> yeah, thank you because I don't want to have to come. I don't have to come back and take this out and bleep you. So thank you for saying shingles. Oh shingles. shingles! Oh rickets! Uh, like yeah, <laughs> um, I just. I, yeah, I, I think war games could be a really interesting, like, I obviously know it's not a traditional war games match if you just bunged the Undisputed Era inside a massive cage and two rings, but ooh, I, w- I, would gonna like to, I would games? like to watch it. Uh, I don't think, the I don't think they're going to be, they're not going to have the personnel to do a war games, but yeah, I think, I think they'll do something thematically similar in that sense. I don't think they'll do a full war games match, but I think they'll do like NXT takeover goes to war or something. And it will be about headlining with the undisputed era stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm so intrigued because yeah, I think you're, you're right. The big ticket item here is Cole O'Reilly, but you don't want to go there immediately. You want no. to drag this out and you want them to be on the same team. And like, I don't even know, like I, there's a bit of me that's like, just, just go with it, man. Just put the belt on Kyle and see what happens. Like, he might. Like, yeah. and what would that do to the UE if he's like, if he is like the new Adam Cole? How does Adam Cole take that? How does Fishing Rod take that? Like, it's so, oh, like there's so many avenues. Like, that's that's what makes this takeover so hard to predict. You can, mm. like, absolutely, I think the safest option is that everyone retains. 
Like yeah. I'm sure that's that's you know what a lot of people will be going for when it comes to the predictions for this. But they literally like if you're looking for something to like lightning charge NXT, like putting the belt on Kyle, like making Finn a transitional champ, like it's gonna cause it's gonna stir up some arguments. Oh but, yeah. But the fallout is fascinating because mm-hmm. Finn Finn's got challenges after Kyle. Like that's that's the thing. Like he's and we'll get into this more in the predictions video. But like there's fallout options for both, yeah. which is the truth for pretty much most matches on the card, which is ooh, always gonna be a fun watch. I think what you do, I think you don't have Kyle win here. I think you have the undisputed era cause some sort of upset that costs Kyle the championship, or he sends them away and he, that costs himself. However, you do a tag feud between the, the group. And then you break it down. And so the group is now basically split and it's Cole and O'Reilly on one side. Then you've got Strong and Fish. They go off and do their own thing. Cole and O'Reilly both want the NXT championship. Mm. And for Wrestle, maybe for WrestleMania weekend takeover, you start to build this story of these two guys having a bit of feud that kind of doesn't really involve the champion. It's about which one of them gets to be the number one contender. And then you could, you know, and you could do that maybe slightly earlier and have one of them win it and then the other one challenge them at uh, Mania Takeover. Or you you sort of do the the, the one contendership for Takeover. I think this is the kind of match that it's the kind of match that is, you know, big enough to just be on a Takeover, quite a high place on the card, just as a blood feud between these two guys. Like, I would absolutely love to see that. And I do hope they do like a a nice slow build to it. Because also, I think like, if the purposes of putting the belt back on fit, like putting the belt on Finn Balor is to kind of get that main roster crowd coming down and having a little look at NXT again and get a bit more of the mainstream audience over there, you want to give them a decent run. And I also think, and we'll come into it in predictions, you, you want some shakeups elsewhere. So you don't want to change too many championships after having already had to quickly turn about at about face and make changes because of injuries, et cetera, elsewhere in the brand. Um, but oh, exciting times! I just, I think we'll talk about it again as we go through. But like, they're, they're just such good segments with Kyle mm. uh, this week. I'm going to see, like, genuinely the the face to face meeting with Finn Balor is one of the best like sit down interviews segments WWE has done for years. It is so so good. Like, WWE is crushing it currently. Uh, uh, just sort of just brilliant little feuds. You've just had Roman Reigns and, and uh, Jey Uso, and now you've got this. This is, yeah, they can really hot shot something into uh, relevance. They've they've mastered the art of that. It just um, bloody helps when, you, when you're pushing someone new to the main event and you've got a huge amount of history to call back on. Always creates a really good feud. Like Jey Uso, crazy choice, but all of that history and all of that context, all of that emotional uh, potential was there. Same with Kyle, like um, suddenly turning him from a tag guy to main event. It's a bit jarring, but it does leave you with a wealth of stuff to draw upon for a feud in a, in a way that, you know, it is more difficult with Adam Cole because you sort of exhausted a lot of his story options. We haven't exhausted him versus Ryan O'Reilly and you haven't mm-hmm. exhausted uh, the breakup of the Undisputed Era, which... Uh, it's the only place left for them to go, really, isn't it? It's definitely coming. I think the leak kind of proves it. It's just whether or not it happens on Sunday.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist? exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Uh, okay, so let's let's go through the show and uh, talk about what else happened uh, because actually there was a lot of really fun, good stuff in this episode of NXT. Uh, show opened with Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai, a match that's been advertised for most of the week uh, because Shotzi eliminated Dakota Kai from the Battle Royal the previous week for the number one contendership, which Candice Ray won. Uh, Shotzi, like my, my, my new real notes for this is Shotzi screams, welcome to the ball pit and does her little like Hardy Boys leg drop right into the crotch of Kai. Uh, and it's, it's the loudest welcome to the ball pit I think we've had yet. <laughs> I, I still don't understand what it means, uh, but I am intrigued. I'm not sure what this means, but there it is. No. She's got loads of things. 
God bless you, Shotzi Blackheart. Chucking it all at the wall. You're the female Chris Jericho. You like that gimmick? <laughs> I've got six others. Um, fine, absolutely. Like, yeah, I thought this match was decent. It it is there to build Ripley versus Gonzalez, which feels like um, you know that 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 has potential to be a takeover um, mm-hmm. money match for sure. Not this takeover, evidently, but like I like the fact that they are slowly kind of building it. Like they had to sort of hot shot it with Martinez because. Uh, she had reckoning uh, to do on the main roster, uh, but I'm really kind of psyched to see where they go with um, uh, Gonzalez and Ripley. I think that, you know the eventual match. I think will be really fun. Yeah, and I mean the Mercedes Martinez thing proved that even though they did obviously like shuffle that up in the the old uh, schedule to get that on TV before she was taken. Um, what a brilliant match that was, and the mm-hmm. payoff to it. So like Ripley, I think Ripley is the sort of um wrestler you can really hang these just big feud matches around and it doesn't have to be about titles and i don't think there's many there's not many talents in the women's division that they've really done that with um like bianca belair had a little bit of a run of of sort of those kind of feuds baszler did on her way to the title um but yeah i think it's like it's really nice that ripley's sort of been given this kind of like almost larger than the division role. Um, and she can really be the sort of uh, the queen maker amongst the NXT crowd because, you know, like Martinez came out of that match looking amazing. It's almost kind of a shame that she's obviously now gone and been, uh, you know, become reckoning or whatever. Uh, mm. And, you know, hopefully the same can be said for Gonzalez. And if this leads to Gonzalez and Kai kind of going their separate ways in the division, that would be really interesting because this is a really good way to put Gonzalez over strong in a match with Ripley. Um, This match between Kai and Blackheart, though, there was one big moment that's very much worth talking about, which was... The love of God. A hellacious-looking apron bump. Slice bread number two. Please never, ever, Mm. ever, ever, ever do that again. I've just written, yeah, I've written a, a string of expletives in my notes, which I can't mm. read out, but just good Lord, Shotzi. She yeah. keeps, she's had so many close calls and like, I don't want her to, like, you know. Do you think like, that's what that is? Like, phew. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know how she, you don't get heat backstage from, like once, mm. like with the plancher where she jumped and almost broke her neck because she landed on the people. Uh, wrong like that's that's one time but like when you especially when you've had Johnny Gargano almost breaking his neck Mm -hmm. um, you know a COVID outbreak you know so they are already like the divisions are a little shorter staff than they usually would be I don't know how you don't get heat from Mm -hmm. I I hope not because obviously like look she's just lucky to not have broken her bloody neck yeah but that's insane an insane spot to do if you're not 100% 100% and like yeah mistakes happen but just like like she, she genuinely almost spiked the top of her head on the ring apron like yeah, it was the actual corner of the ring apron as well not even on the like the, the limited amount of flat bit that there is she really she really did so like the, the spot is that Kai and, and Shotzi are on the apron Kai's got a waist lock Shotzi goes up the the uh, turnbuckle and it's kind of half turning into a sliced bread but it never fully rotates all the way around so it ends up being more like a German suplex but what actually happens is Shotzi kind of just goes down straight on her neck and shoulder on the apron and sort of 
flops off, and this led to the match finishing quite quickly. And yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm like I don't I don't know one how you don't get heat backstage for this kind of thing, and two. It feels a bit unnecessary to even try a spot like that. Mm. This is the show opener. It's not, yeah, it's it's a, that's, a, that's a takeover it's a, spot. It's a takeover spot. And this is also a match that's not about you. Like, you know, I know, like, Shotzi's obviously on the rise in NXT, and I think she's she is fantastic, and I think she will, given time, be an NXT Women's Champion. But it's not, I don't think it's going to be this year. I, I would be surprised if it's late next year. I think it's going to be 2022 before she really rises to that role. Um, I get it. Like she's, she, I, I don't, I, I think she's the hungriest like, mm. wrestler in NXT. Like if you talk, talk about stuff, like people who bring stuff, who develop their branding, who come out there and like put themselves in positions where like they can impress and do generally like when, mm. you know, her match with Ear was great. Um, closing spots with Candice were good. Like she's, she's showing herself as a, as a really reliable hand in the women's division. It's just that I what like evidently sometimes that hunger pushes her to attempt spots which are not necessary and are really really dangerous. She gave herself a bloody dragon sleeper on the corner of the ring apron, like a board, like look more savage than what Kota Ibushi got from Naito. It's like horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, and please, it's also like yeah, she, and she's obviously trying stuff at the limits of like the limits of her ability, and it's yeah, it's just you, you're just watching that and being like, well, this is all about a run in from Rhea Ripley. This match, this is that's the story here, you know. Like, it's it's I don't know, keep something in the tank sometimes because <laughs> in the tank, uh, but yeah, like it's I think it is important to be like, yeah, I think Shotzi is going to have a really long career in NXT. I hope so. Rise to NXT Women's Champion, but she. The, like it's getting a bit out of hand the number of spots that have gone awry recently yeah, for Shotzi. Just, like, yeah. I get it. Like, you know, I do get Jeff Hardy vibes from you, Shotzi, but the wrong kind of Jeff Hardy vibes at the moment. <laughs> yeah. The reason he looks pained taking his t-shirt off, Jeff Hardy vibes. Like, you know, this this is not what you want to be. But yeah, so the, the match, so it's sort of, she takes this really big bump. The ref comes out and checks on her. Everything slows down for a couple of seconds. And then uh, essentially they get back in the ring and sort of try to pick it up. And Gonzalez, when the ref's back is turned, trips Blackheart. And just as she does that, Rhea comes out and makes the attack. Um, Dakota comes in for a running boot in the corner. Shotzi manages to jump out of the way and roll her up for three. So like... Yeah, this obviously this spot I think derailed plans a little bit, and they had to sort of jump to the finish quite early. It felt a little bit like quickly handled. It's a shame because yeah, I think also we had that sort of in the battle royal last week. We had a little bit for fudge between Ripley and Gonzalez that made that feel stilted and awkward as well. So e- even that's not necessarily going swimmingly. Uh, but I am sort of excited to see Gonzalez and Ripley face off eventually but yeah i would like to feel a bit more passion and heat behind these moments but at the moment i think they're not quite achieving it because everyone's too busy being like oh my god that went wrong uh mm-hmm. and then you can't concentrate on the next bit of acting that you need to do and i think everyone's obviously like hit the spots afterwards but i think they're lacking a little bit of the drama needed to carry this story uh we then moved on to santos escobar and swerve scott being interviewed by tom phillips um Swerve says that all of his opportunities so far have been absolutely unfair. Uh, he says that obviously, like you've gimmicked it, you've brought out Legado del Fantasma, you used the gimmicked uh, 
Lucha Master beat me, and Santos instead just says, "Ah, oh, you're just a loose end, you're a parasite. I tie up loose ends. We'll have a fair match at TakeOver. I believe you, Santos. <laughs> <laughs> and so Swerve says, uh, he says that Swerve is making excuses when he's talking about all the gimmicks and stuff, because when it actually comes to it, he can't deliver. Swerve reminds us he's the only man to have pinned Santos Escobar in WWE in general, um, and he's going to reveal him as a fraud. Uh, I liked these two. I don't like. I don't like these kind of. You know, all of these stilted interviews are, are not always brilliant. But I think a lot Swerve... of gestures, a lot of that, and just like a mm-hmm. lot, lot of kind of I am reacting to you mm. <laughs> acting. But I, yeah, I some really not good me. lines. I really liked. Um, I it was like what you call a bag of tricks. I call a century of tradition. Like brilliant that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really good heel delusion as well. Like he's just shaking. He's not like I love the fact that he he's coming at it from a certain angle. He believes that he is preserving lucha tradition. He is, of course, cheapening lucha tradition by framing his like cheating ways as traditional, uh, which is exactly the kind of character work I like. I love delusional heels who completely believe that what they're doing is the right thing, but completely undermine um, their intentions by being dicks. It's great. <laughs> um, really, really hope Santos Escobar retains. Um, yeah. at the at the pay per view, he might not save him for Drake. He save might not. I don't know. That's the thing. But um, like it's it's the closest thing it comes to a sure thing. But even mm-hmm. then, like they may just switch it up by by you know make because there hasn't been a you know a title change for a while. Um, so who knows? Who knows? I, um, we'll talk about the predictions, obviously. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are what obviously when you're watching this. You can go see that afterwards, so please do check that out, and you'll find out what I think about this match and who's going to retain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, let's, so that after that, we got the uh, another package about the mystery returning person to NXT who's coming moon. on takeover. It's probably Ember moon. 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 It's definitely Ember Moon now. She rides a motorbike. Uh, yeah, because obviously, like last week, we discussed this at length, and um, Robert Roode was on the list of people who might return to NXT. Robert Roode returned to Raw, so. Yeah. Uh, it seems unlike, and he, funnily enough, he's friends with Ziggler again, so that's fine. <laughs> he must have been brilliant. Pick up where I left off, Ben. Bloody hell. Well, they need more tag teams. So, Excellent. Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess because, uh, yeah, uh, wearing out uh, the street profits at this point. Angel, um, Gar- Angel Garza's, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Jesus, wet. Lucha House Party's breaking up. Bloody hell, guys. Yes, yes. Be a tag star. That's fine. We, yeah. Jesus, so that leaves, but that leaves us with a choice of uh, seemingly Bo Dallas and Ember Moon. Obviously, the poster in last week's package had uh, I can't remember which takeover it was, but it was a takeover. It was the takeover at which uh, Robert Roode won the title, uh, and it was a takeover at which Ember Moon first faced Asuka for the NXT mm-hmm. Women's Championship, but did not win. Um, so I wonder whether that's like we'll find out whether that's the red herring or not. Can you imagine Bo Dallas on a motorbike? Well, he did dress like it at some point when he was part of the Miztourage. Like he dressed like sort of one of the weird guys from DOA. So maybe, maybe he loves Vespers more than we thought he did. I don't know. It's dumb. I no, I Both of them have a place in NXT. Both of them have great history in NXT. Uh, both of them would make the divisions they enter more interesting, be it North American, I assume, for Bo or even NXT. Uh, main event for Bo, or um, although it does feel a little bit like he's not 
like the, it feels a little bit like the NXT Championship's too good for Dallas surplus, right now. It's surplus to demands as well. Like there is so much other potential for the NXT Championship that he kind of, um, I guess, makes it more confusing. And it's just a, it's just another story thread to keep like another plate for them to spin on a weekly basis that I just don't think will go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think Ember Moon in the women's championship picture adds a, a lovely little... Uh, yes, for sure. ...like bit of interest there. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot to do with that. I mean, I'm interested to see also like what happens with this present, like this presentation of, of whoever's returning as well, the kind of night vision style, the like... Oh God, it's like, Randy Orton. I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't know what. Like, obviously, they're using like a three sixty camera or something like the blooming uh, Google Street View. It's all filmed in, but like, it's yeah. I it'd be interesting to see if any of the like, sort of biker stuff carries over because it would then mean a kind of, you know, it would be a fresh gimmick for an Ember Moon or a Bo Dallas when they return. So it'd be interesting to see if like she just if Ember's coming back if it's just Ember Moon War Goddess again or if it's Ember Moon someone who was in Akira one time. Like, <laughs> I, I, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> we will find out. Um, we then got the Kyle O'Reilly uh, prime target, which was just like perfect. Like it, it was peak WWE package making. Um, they had so much extra footage of Kyle and Cole. And, you know, um, I, I really liked all the stuff of Kyle on the bike, riding around the forest in really dramatic fashion. Like this was really brilliantly put together. We then got the news that Tegan Knox has uh, torn her ACL in the attack from Candice LeRae. Um, and then we immediately cut into an interview with the Garganos who said like, <laughs> Johnny just go, it's karma. She breaks my TV and then, and then she tears her ACL. It's just karma. <laughs> What a little dirtbag. He is a dirtbag. Um, and then they basically said that it's their destiny to be the first married champions in NXT and sent the old interviewer away. I like uh, them working as the power couple thing. I think it's money. I think I it's think, money. I think you should put some belts on them. I think it's, I think crucially it's main roster style money. And if there is a pay-per-view coming up, which requires NXT and the main roster to mix, might be a better gimmick. Maybe. Who knows? Who, who can say? <laughs> but yeah. Um, I yeah, I I think they're they're brilliant. I mean, that um, would give you Johnny Gargano versus uh Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley as well. That that'd do me. That would do me. That'd do nice. Obviously, I'd love to see Damian Priest in that mix as well. But yeah, Sami Zayn and Johnny Gargano sharing a ring on WWE TV. Yeah. Like you know, hopefully, I'm so, like I love you, Bobby Lashley, but please just lie on the outside for ten, a good ten minutes in that match. There, there will come a point where he just basically comes in and Bronson reads everyone and just grabs Sammy. He grabs Johnny Gargano by the ankles and just beats Sammy Zayn to death with him. Like he's like having a having a powerhouse base for both of these two incredibly gifted nippy nippy guys. Uh, it's it's a match made in heaven. Want want mm. it. Also, because Sami Zayn's just had one of the finer matches of his main roster career last weekend. That ladder match is incredible. What a clever finish. I absolutely mm. adored it. Um, so, yeah, he's on for I w- Yeah, make it happen. Give Johnny Gargano the North American title and let him loose at Survivor Series. I want to see it. We then got someone who wants to go to the moon. It's Cameron Grimes. My uh, favourite person. I love him so I want, much. I, I wanted more of this segment before... Um, Rich Holland came out. So like Cameron Grimes comes to the ring and he says like, obviously 
he was in the gauntlet eliminator match and he almost won. He almost beat Kyle O'Reilly. And he says he's a bit down in the dumps, but he can cheer himself up because he's made the Cameron Grimes invitational stepping stones to the moon match. Uh, and he handpicked all of his opponents for the match. And then he's like doing a little intro for everyone as they come in. So the first guy up, he says, is Joey Pistachio. Joey Pistachio. Uh, and he's he's a boxer. And he just obviously Joey gets in the ring and just immediately eats a cave in. And Grimes does a one foot pin and goes to the moon as it's happening. <laughs> love, love, love. Cameron yeah. Grimes. Um, I think you needed one more, one more before Ridge Holland comes out. Yeah, he needed a second because you want the joke. Jokes are best in threes as well. Like, you know, mm. the, you can found the expectations on the table. So it would have been good. But then Joey Strong was coming out uh, and Ridge Holland, mouthful of pork pie, comes out and beats the hell out of him uh, and then just gets in the ring, heads but like headbutts Grimes, and then they have a bit of a brawl. And Ridge is so fired up about this that he gets himself essentially DQ'd from a match that wasn't really a match. They ring the bell yeah. and that sort of why, stops Ridge Holland from beating him up. And then they play Grimes's music. Like, why make it a match? That's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. Like, just if, if, if it's just going to be a beatdown, just have him come out, wreck the Invitational, beat him down and leave. I don't know why he, they had to make it a match and then DQ him. But it's the worst kind of DQ because he's, he's DQ'd for, you know, kicking too much ass as they say yeah, and holding ropes for too long basically and he's in the ropes five yeah. and like fine sure like it, it cameron grimes versus ridge holland will be a nice little feud mm. uh, i don't know who wins that feud as well because ridge holland needs a bit of a showcase but you know cameron grimes is is money god he's money He's so Cameron, fortunately, Cameron Grimes, I think, is in like he's he's got gimmick insulation for losing. And he's actually he's actually better the more you you kind of kick him when he's down. Like he his his character works regardless of wins and losses. I think that's what's that's what's obviously so brilliant about Cameron Grimes, the character, is because he's just he can just come out and be annoying whenever he wants to be. And you never really tire of seeing him in matches because he's 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 like the opposite end of the spectrum to a Robert Stone, say. Someone you, you you know, WWE and NXT are going to love to have beaten on a regular basis and love to make the butt of the joke. But Cameron Grimes is made of rubber and bounces back. And so I just, yeah, I just think he's always going to uh, be in these big feuds with people that are going to be important. But yeah, he can he can take a loss and keep on rolling, mm. which is great. Rich Holland, however, I don't think can uh, at this exact moment in time. Otherwise, no one's going to buy his beef crisps, Adam. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we then got the Austin Theory interview backstage. Uh, I, just, I don't. It's just a grab bag of <laughs> made with real hooves, <laughs> mashed up bits of horn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> done. Love it. We got the Austin Theory interview backstage where he insulted Kyle O'Reilly's honor, which obviously somewhere in the building you could hear Adam Cole go, oh, he said, what about Kyle? Uh, and then we had a little Kushida package, which I thought was brilliant. Mm. Um, Kushida sort of put over the idea that, you know, he, for his first bit of NXT, he, he was a bit distracted. He'd just moved to the United States. That's quite confusing. He had all these injuries and all these challenges to overcome and never really got given a chance to just concentrate on the ring, as he put it. And then he says, like, he's going to go after Dream at TakeOver. And this new Kushida is vicious. Yes. And we got to see that in practice because he took yeah. on Tony Nice. Tony Nice, obviously, is someone who has had some... He's actually had some stellar matches on NXT TV since, yeah. they, uh, since they went on to USA. Like, he had the whole things with uh, Leo Rush. Um, 
and a series of long form matches as well uh, on the brand. And I think, yeah, he's really shown himself to be a super competitor. If and you if this, destroyed him, that's the thing is like if this had been like presented in some sort of cruiserweight classic context, this is a hell of a matchup and like mm. the sort of thing that people would salivate over. Uh, evidently, Tony Nice is not in the spotlight right now. Um, you know, he has, yeah, like you say, he's enough of a cachet of good feeling left over from his cruiserweight championship run, uh, which was decent. You know, like that's the thing is like he, yeah, he's his, his characteristic is still that he counts the number of bumps he's got. But he's bloody a super worker. And the fact that Kashida could make such quick work of him does still feel like a little bit of a shock and not a, like too much of a kind of, well, obviously it's just Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it, Tony Nese didn't have any favors done to him in the cruiserweight kind of round robin thing. But like, it's not Joey Pistachio, is it? That's he's not, he's saying. not quite <laughs> Joey Pistachio, but like, bloody, it's really stamping on his head. He just keeps leathering him on the bonds. It's just like, wow. Are you, mm-hmm. So you're not heel. Interesting. I'm for it because I'm can all I can picture now is Kushida versus um, Finn Balor. That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, I love Kushida versus Finn Balor. Um, yeah, like I love this presentation of Kushida as well. It's like, yeah, you, it sits somewhere. It's obviously like a tweener kind of role. He's not a heel but he is now just going to be vicious. And I think Kashida sold it so brilliantly, and obviously Tony Nese did as well, but they told the story brilliantly in this match because it was just a ruthless assault on one singular body part. There was one moment of weakness early in the match in which uh, Nice bumped his arm uh, from a move from Kashida, and then he spent five minutes systematically dismantling that joint until he... Not, not until he could lock in the hoverboard lock, until he decided to lock in the hoverboard lock. Uh, yeah. It is utterly brilliant. Like, he, you know, so he they have a back and forth and they, they roll to the outside as uh, Nice takes control. And then Kushida rams him into the post. And from there, he rolls him back into the ring and just starts standing front kicking the, the left arm of Nice. I think it's the left arm of Nice, yeah. And like Nice fights back a tiny bit, goes for this pump handle uh, to get Kashida up onto his shoulders. But as he does, Kashida's kept hold of Nice's arm and has got that in a submission. Like brilliant stuff. And then he just starts stomping on his head and his arm and his shoulder. And he does it like a couple of times and lets go when the referee's kind of coming in to be like, hey, stop, stop, stop. And he just goes back to it, does it again, drops to the floor and is like, hoverboard lock. This is over now. It was. Awesome. This is what this is what I've wanted from Kushida since he turned up. Like mm. he, he's so good, and obviously, like the benefit of we said with Kushida is that he's got so many uh, strings to his bow that you can just explore them at different times. Like when he came in, he was kind of it was all about pace and it was all about the kind of flippy, kicky Kushida who who whips around you and dodges out of the way of all your moves. And now to see the sort of vicious submission style of Kushida really coming to the fore and and it being more about like dismantling your opponent brilliant 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 stuff uh at the end of the match the lights go purple we get a little velveteen dream package on the screen he says the spotlight will be too bright for Kushida uh but uh the dream puts on his best performances under the brightest spotlights and then we go to the next thing damn he's gonna lose hard he's gonna lose so hard yeah, I yeah. hope so. I, like, I really hope so. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure why they chose to put this on Takeover. Uh, we've, you know, we've discussed that. I don't, when is when is uh, 
going to be the right time to really feature Velveteen Dream again because it seems like they're kind of they're obviously a bit shy about it still because yeah. he's not really you know he had that big return and then that didn't go down well and then they had obviously a match that they filmed a segment they filmed for the next week um that they kept in and then they've had this Kushida thing but the Kushida thing has had very little airtime and it's had very little time between the two and like Dream has featured a very limited amount on TV. So like, yeah, it's kind of weird to be barreling ahead with it and being like, oh, it's on takeover now because just in the storytelling in NXT, it's not been made important. Like obviously the, the sort of the change in Kushida's character has been made important. And so you want to have a Kushida match on takeover. I can understand he is Kushida, but <laughs> it's weird to just be like, well, the only one we've got on the cards is the dream one. So that's going to happen. I wonder if it's still just a testing of the waters to be like, well, maybe if we put him in the ring with the, with the newly, minted vicious Kushida people will kind of forgive us for for having having dream on a takeover don't I don't know we'll see it's very difficult yeah. um we then got Grimes backstage complaining and, and saying you didn't want to see anyone unless you unless, unless you <laughs> unless you Mr. Regal uh and then Dexter Loomis arrives and stares mm. at him and he calls him a weirdo and then Grimes walks off and Loomis obviously stands there staring into space yeah. I don't know what it's about, but I don't know. Maybe some sort of North American championship number one contenderness. Mm-hmm. Maybe like him. I could see another little another little tournament would be nice, actually. Yeah, or at least you know, kind of that three-way of mm. Loomis, Holland, and Grimes would be really nice. Uh it'd be a good match. Uh yeah, I, that good with me. Good with me. Anything, anything to get more Cameron Grimes on my telly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, and that's the thing is like that that North American Championship division really has just sprung up again with a whole new crop of talent that I think are, you know will be brilliant and uh, are really going to make a name for themselves this year. Like it's, it's one, it's one of the most yeah. stacked divisions that WWE has right now. Like mm. in terms in terms of you could go with anybody, uh, like it's stacked. It's re- yeah. like like there's so many people that you could legit that you could imagine having a legit like credible North American championship run. There's mm-hmm. like at least 10, which is... And this is, and this is the thing, right? Like, cause, and it's, this is the brilliance of NXT's kind of world building and storytelling is that all these people have interacted at some point. They've all had matches together and they've all spoken about their desires after the North American title. Like if you look at raw, who is, who is in that mid card position? Like, if after the US, the, after the US title Crew, division has two people in it, after Apollo Crews and Bobby Lashley stop feuding over the US Championship, who's the next person? Because they will just appear from the mist. Like I've been here the whole time. You didn't even know because I didn't get any TV time, did I? Even though we have three hours of television to deal Keith, with, Keith Lee probably yeah. just because you know. They for some reason they're only featuring the, you know, the African American wrestlers in in the U.S. title division. I could absolutely believe them just shunting Keith Lee into that Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley though. Ooh. Yeah, and I mean, if you wanted to give Keith Lee a title win very early in his career, and you're and you're gun shy on the WWE Championship, then just having him walk in and destroy Lashley for the U.S. title is pretty cool. But yeah, it is that is not how you build a division. The North American title picture is how you build a division, especially when you've you know you've you've had your 
you've had your previous division ransacked. You've lost Keith Lee, you've lost Dijak, you've lost the kind of pillars of that. And you've suddenly gone like, well, Priest was already in that picture. We elevate him. And then we've got this waiting in the wings army of guys that we've mm. built slowly and, and featured enough on NXT TV. They've done the blooming groundwork to go, oh, okay, there's still a division. Quality stuff, NXT. Well done as ever. I cannot praise you enough. Uh, yeah, and then so then we got the Adam Cole segment with uh, Austin Theory. Uh, this match was really, really, really fun. Um, Cole had Theory's number for most of it. Um, really great stuff. There was like a there was a really cool moment where Theory rolled out the, rolled out the ring out of the way of a, a pump kick at, right at the beginning, and Theory, even though he'd been beaten up for a couple of minutes at this point, decided to taunt Adam Cole, who just hopped out of the ring and did another pump kick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved uh, Cole doing like he gets a sleeper and he says he's just telling Austin Theory to give up and telling the referee to ask him, and Theory keeps calling him undisputed crap while this is happening, like. This kind of side of Austin theory of being just like, no, no, but I'm being a dick. Like, and I, I will not be, even if you're beating me up, I will not stop being a dick is interesting. And it did make me think for a second that if they are going to have Kyle turn face and leave the Undisputed Era, is there room for an Austin theory in the Undisputed Era at some point? I think he could fit. And I think he's like, you he's, know. He is the right kind of dick. Just for Austin Theory, Cameron Grimes, and Fishing Rod. Just the most dislikable men in professional wrestling. Um, I, I I thought Theory looked like a million bucks in this mm -hmm. match. Like, I, I don't think it was too much of a shutout. Like, I love his kind of rolling kind of uh kind of drop kick that mm -hmm. he that he hit. I love the fact he rolled and then shouted under this is undisputed before it made contact. Nice little touch. I love like the counter to the Panama Sunrise, giving us a little kind of super kick to the back of the head, and then the blue thunder bomb, mm -hmm. like to to get a legit close to. Like I, I don't get me wrong, this is Adam Cole's match, but Austin Theory is looks great, and like like he had to properly, like Cole had to properly hit out a sequence of super moves in order to mm -hmm. put him away. He had to do Panama Sunrise, uh, then Yushi Garoshi, and then the last shot. Actually, did he do the no? He didn't do the Panama Sunrise. He, no, he, did, he, he did a, a super kick, knocked him out of the air with a super kick, which, as that we all know, so is, is his legit finisher. That killed Ricochet. Uh, and then, yeah, he hit the Ushiguroshi in the last shot. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Adam Cole is obviously a wrestling genius, but yeah, props to Theory as well. Like he is what, he, unfortunately, he is the sort of person that his character says he is. He is was at WrestleMania at twenty two and is really good and yeah. deserves. But yeah, I think something like putting theory into the Undisputed Era, I know people, you don't want to mess necessarily with the sanctity of the Undisputed Era and you don't want to do the new Undisputed Era because I think people will revolt against it. But theory on the learning tree of uh, a Roderick Strong and a Bobby Fish to grow his character, because I think his character is really strong as well. Like his in-ring works great and I think his character is really coming together. Um but that could really elevate him to that next level of like um, his wrestling career. Cause yeah, he's, he's, he's got it, man. He's really going to go somewhere. Yeah, but Agreed. Um, yeah. I think he, he would do very well as part of given a bigger role in a smaller faction. I think chucking him in with Rollins and stuff didn't really do much for him on, on raw massively. And obviously like disappeared off the radar and then came back to NXT. So yeah. I think here could you could grow him out of that. Uh, we then got Io Shirai and Damian Priest being interviewed backstage. Um, Damian Priest said, come take over. We're keeping our championship because we're the rock stars of NXT. Io Shirai then took over and spoke Japanese. I don't know what 
she said. But then at the end, she went, rock star. That's the <laughs> rock star. It was hidden behind Luke. And then Priest goes, uh, that is cool as hell. And uh, horn bumps her, whatever that is, you know. And then, sure. <laughs> and then she says, and then she says, he's not bad. <laughs> like, I was like, Damien Priest, Io Shirai, love angle? Mm. Question the, mark? The priests of the sky. <laughs> that sounds, doesn't sound right. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I like, I really love the main event. We'll get, we'll get to it. But like, mm. that was a lot of fun. A lot of different, really fun moving parts to this. Yeah, we then got a very quick match between Caden Carter and Zia Lee. Uh, Zia Lee obviously annoyed that she lost the tag match with Indy Hartwell against the Team Ninja Girls. Uh, Casey was out with Caden. Um, it was it was fun. Like there was there was a few little good bits. Like there was a really good roll up that Carter did, and as sort of Zia Lee kicked out, she jumped forwards onto the ropes and jumped straight back off with a drop kick. I thought that was really fun. Um, and then like. Zaylee kind of breaking down and losing it a bit during the match, I thought was quite cool. Mm. She like spun around on the apron and gave her this big crazy chop across the throat and then dragged her off the apron by her feet to just splat on her back on the floor, stomped her as she rolled back in and then started like nailing her with all these strikes. But Caden gets a roll up and then that leaves Zaylee feeling pretty bad as she pushes Casey Catanzaro and storms off being all unsportswomanly. Um, and yeah. Zaylee heel turn. It's fine. Like I, I, I can see a lot of people saying, "Who cares?" Just because we don't know who Zaylee is, really. Like she's been featured enough. Like, but I every single match had a has a, had at least some narrative reason for being on the show. Like yeah. you can't. Yeah, fine, sure. Like yeah, Zaylee is sort of like. You know, you're gonna have loads of people who be like, "Was Zaylee face to begin with?" We didn't really know who she was. This does this heel turn matter? It's, there's some there's something going on with every inch of the show and like it only makes it's only going to make your women's division feel uh more alive if there is um character changes happening from the top to the bottom of the division um so yeah it was it was sure it was sweet but there was at least something going on which is good it's more than yeah, exactly. the draw you know yeah, like, exactly. yeah. but this is the thing you need to start elevating uh, people like Zaya Lee and people like Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro to make them feel important because yeah, Carter and Catanzaro were on a hell of a losing streak before they suddenly started rolling people up and winning matches. Uh, Zaya Lee was on a winning streak, but not really a character. So like you need to start making them feel fleshed out as, as performers because your division has just been raided for a couple of your big talents. You just lost Mercedes Martinez that you were building a whole thing with. You've just lost Mia Yim, who is one of the like stalwarts of that. Like, you know, I think they're That's still fe- they're still feeling the loss of uh, Bianca Belair. There's a draft coming as well, yeah. and it's just like, please don't take any more, yeah. please. But also, this 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 leads me down a line of thinking as well of like, if you're going to put a belt on Candice, for instance. Zia Lee's and Caden Carter's and Casey Catanzaro's are good little competitors for, for Candice to sort of have as a few of her first feuds. And then you slow build to Rhea Ripley storming back in and demanding her title opportunity. Because oh, Ripley versus LeRae would be yeah. lovely. Because I think that's the thing. If you, if you immediately start with Ripley and LeRae, 
it feels like a foregone conclusion the belt goes back on Ripley. But I think here you can do a few challenges like Azali, like a Caden Carter, like a Casey Catanzaro. You bring back Tegan at some point and you continue that for one of the title for one title shot. And that, that you know, Tegan might be the one to do it. But I think you want you eventually want Ripley to have the belt again. And that is clearly what NXT want, but they're just waiting for the big crowning moment for Rhea. Um so yeah, I think you you you've got something nice here with this slow build of like reformatting your women's division almost to to focus on these new faces. We then got the face to face between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, which as we've said before was absolutely fantastic. I liked Finn saying I'm going to slap the freckles off you because Kyle was like, "I'm nothing like Adam Cole. Look at him. Look how handsome <laughs> he is. Look at me. My ears don't match. I'm covered in freckles." And Finn just like, "I'll slap the freckles off your face." And they go, "Brilliant stuff." You'd be helping him out there, Finn. He was just saying how yeah. his freckles were holding him back from being an Adam Cole. Only helps the brand. Yeah, great stuff. I like brilliant stuff. Seek it out if you haven't seen it already. And then also seek this out because this was really great fun, as you would imagine, by who's in the match. You got Damien, Peace, uh, Damien Priest and Io Shirai versus Johnny and Candice. Johnny and Candice got to do their couple's entrance, which I loved. And then Priest and Io Shirai had a couple's entrance. Uh, there was a brief, and again, building off the, the obvious chemistry between the two of them, and she was like, he's not bad earlier. Uh, Priest does his arrow thing that normally lights up his name on the wall, and instead it starts Io Shirai's entrance music, and she comes out, and they both start taking off their jackets. And I was like, <laughs> make out, make out. And then... <laughs> Uh, and then yeah, they just cute. they did like they screamed at each other and ran down to the ring and uh, went after Johnny and Candice. Like this is good. This is all really good stuff. I, I think Johnny and Candice and Priest and Shirai have done a great job of very quickly building what feels like quite a heated feud. I think Johnny and Candice are money together. Like on screen, the the power couple thing is so good. Um, this I mean, this was mostly a match for Priest and Shirai to really showcase how dominant they are as champions. Um, there was a lot of time spent uh, with Johnny and Candice kind of being the butt of the joke here. And I liked it because I think it, it kind of works that they are, they're going to have to be wily and up their game. And it keeps a few tricks in the bag for uh, TakeOver as well with them. Um, both, but yeah, there was there was some really really fun stuff where like uh, Shirai was going to hit the knees on Candice LeRae, and Johnny runs in and gets in the way, and it's like you know you you wouldn't hit her husband, uh, <laughs> and, but instead Priest is stood behind Io Shirai and does this brilliant like kick to the side of Johnny's head, but around Io like without really stepping out because right. he's so tall without stepping out from leg behind. Just goes, he's a yeah, daddy um, long leg. It's like he's like a. Um... Who is the, um, he's like a Quentin Blake drawing. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, so he nails Johnny, splashes him in the corner, and then sort of they roll out of the way, and Shirai still hits the knees to Candice in the corner. Like, there was some just brilliant little moments of chemistry, like um, like Shirai hits the 619. She's going to hit the 619 on Candice, but Johnny sort of pops up in the way and takes it for Candice. And then that leaves Shirai hanging between the ropes because of having spun round. And Candice just grabs her and does her, like, elevated neck breaker thing through the ropes really really good stuff they all work together really really well um yeah candice grabs her out of it does a neck break and then there was a german suplex after that uh priest got another big tag in did his splash and a broken arrow uh and then sort of towards the end shirai tagged herself in on priest and they were like yeah so the women fight the women and the men fight the men so shirai's in so candice the ray is gonna have to oh no she's missile drop kick johnny gargano <laughs> <laughs> oh no she's right. 
she's done that. Uh, and then, yeah, like Priest came in, tried to nail Johnny, and they sort of fought to the outside. Candice took a Tiger Driver um, and then was set up for the Moonsault. And Johnny comes in and interrupts again, uh, pushing Candice out of the ring and then gets a bell clap, a kick to the face, and then a Moonsault from EO. So Priest comes in on the tag because obviously he can be the only one to pin Johnny Gargano. He gets up for the Reckoning. And at this point, uh, Candice runs in, low blow. Uh, Johnny hits one final beat and wins. And then uh, as they're sort of celebrating, EO comes oh. in. To have a go. EO comes in to have a go at, uh, at Johnny, and Candice just runs in from behind with his crazy backstabber. And they close the show, holding both belts. I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't know. Everything the booking suggests says that they're going to do. Yeah, like they both, are, you know, they're on top, so it suggests that they're both going to lose at Takeover. But it's it's such a money gimmick. It's definitely a money gimmick going into Survivor Series on the main roster. Like this idea of this married couple ruling NXT. It's such a communicative, like it's such an idea that's so easy to communicate to the mainstream um, main roster audience. But also, like Ember, what's more money, Ember versus Candice or Ember versus EO? You know, like NXT love to be unpredictable, so they might switch one belt but not switch the other. It's so hard. Like we're going to get into this uh, much deeper into the ifs, the wills, the won'ts of uh, Takeover over on Wrestle Two. By the time you're listening to this, our prediction video will have gone live. We're going to be live streaming it, but it will be it will be on the channel for you to rewatch uh, mm-hmm. as soon as you've heard this. And yeah, we'll. We'll get deeper into that business, but I don't know. And it yeah. angers me that I don't because I am, you and me, are bottom of the predictions I'm right bottom, now. Bottom. Pete is bottom. Pete is, yes. Well, Pete, yes. Yes, but he's not that many spaces behind. He's like three points behind us. That's, that's enough. There's only six matches or something, isn't there? So like, it's There's fine. two never... takeovers in a Survivor Series. He'll, never, he'll series. never catch up. It's fine. We'll uh-huh. be okay. Uh, it's a, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a four-time champion. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure I can cash in one of those to just avoid the punishment. Right. That's how um, that works. I think that's how it works. It's like the X Division Championship in uh, Impact. You can cash it in for something. Uh, like, yeah, I, I love this go-home show for NXT. I thought it was uh, phenomenal. I thought it really managed to make something out of a bunch of stuff that has clearly been flung together. Like, you know, if you if you watch regular NXT, a lot of this stuff started a couple of weeks ago, if not last week, and they've really made it feel dramatic and interesting, and there are layers to it. And history, Kyler Riley Finn, Obala, uh, Finn Balor is the uh, Finn O'Bala. I just made him extra Irish in my <laughs> in my slip there. Kyler Riley and Finn Balor, like they they've managed to find a really interesting line between the two of them uh, for the match. Plus, you've got all the extra drama with the undisputed era and Adam Cole's face turn that still feels like it's up in the air. Like mm. there's something really interesting going on here. It's going to be TV magic. Johnny and Candice as the power couple thing, closing the show with both belts. I love it to pieces. I hope they go in that direction. However, I think Damian Priest and Io Shirai have also proven themselves to be wonderful champions. Like it's that thing, is like it's just a win-win with NXT. Like whatever direction they go in with any of these matches, um, you can see a way out. Like it's not like, you know, like let's let's look at uh 
let's look at uh, Clash of Champions and you're having the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade for the umpteenth time. Whoever wins, we and, lose. And you, look at, and you look at it, yeah, and you look at it logically and you go, okay, well, really the only reason to have this match again is if you're going to finally put the belts on Andrade and Angel Garza because otherwise the line has been drawn under this. The Street Profits have won individually, together, individually, together, individually, together, multiple times. Why would you do the match again? The only way out of it is this. And yet the Street Profits won. And you don't know where they're going to go next because there aren't any more tag teams. Yes. So, like, we've run out of tag teams at, at two. And yet NXT, you're over here going, well, if Finn Balor wins, there's Kushida, there's this guy, there's this guy, there's this whole line of this Tommaso Ciampa that we've forgotten about. Like, There's a whole line of people waiting for that belt. North yeah. American division is a whole line of people. The women's division, even the cruiserweight division, like they'll find something to do. There's the fallback story of Drake Maverick uh, the fact if, if you're not going to do them as a tag team with Killian Dane, even if you didn't have a tag team with Killian Dane, Killian Dane is the is the you know is the thing that's going to swing it against Legado del Fantasma, having your big friend come along and help you out in the matches. The fact oh. that you don't need Ad either Adam Cole or Tommaso Ciampa to be on a takeover to make the takeover feel significant is saying something, and it it just goes to show like this what what's happened like the scramble they've had to do to put together a takeover out of scraps at the last minute with the last taping having to be massively altered is the fact that yeah it, it just shows they they NXT do to some you know not very exciting to some a little tame. Um, in terms of booking, like maybe compared to, to Dynamite, perhaps. But in terms of like, they do consistent, steady booking for everyone on the card. And it means that everyone has enough stuff going on that you can slot people into spots like this and make it work and make it not feel like a jarring uh, mismatch. Like everything in, in the main, on like Raw is so confusing and people are like all over the place with the storylines they're doing. Are they on Raw Underground? Are they working with Retribution? Are they breaking up or are they back together or are they breaking up again? And like so much of that feels like desperate hotshot booking, whereas N NXT takes it slow and steady, but it means that in a panic, they can pull together storylines out of established weeks long continuity and make it work. And it, it's such a carefully built brand. Uh, yeah, it may not be the most sensational headline grabbing stuff every single week, but it's so consistent. And these takeovers are so like, like step by step, just like every takeover has one or two killer matches on. And this has five. This has five matches I'm looking forward to. You know, obviously, I would prefer it if Kushida was fighting someone else. But like, even so, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. It's like, it's it's a good show, y'all. <laughs> uh, and and this and like, it, yeah, it's all the chickens coming home to roost. I think when they can absolutely put together a, a go home show of this quality for a for a takeover that has you know been for all intents and purposes in two weeks. Yeah. Do you like quizzes? 
Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. So, Shag, Marry, Kill, mm -hmm. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Fishing Rod. Fish, fishing Rod come together, do they? They come as a package. They, they come all shag them they come as a package uh, um uh yeah i guess uh you'd shag cole wouldn't you shag cole yeah i think i'd shag cole i might marry cole i think i'm no i think i'm gonna marry cole just for the uh for the video games aspect mm. of things i think he would uh yeah i think we'd, we'd have we'd have stuff to talk about he's a, I'm gonna he's an avid I'm gamer gonna, i'm gonna marry kyle o'reilly because I think he gives, I think he gives good hugs, really technical but good hugs. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting out of those hugs. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to tap out. That's it. that's how you get out of the hug. And then, unfortunately, yeah, fishing rod are going to have to be killed in this in this scenario. I think I'd shag fishing rod just because that's a story. You know, maybe like... I'd marry. I might. I'd marry fishing rod like Tiger King. I mean, if you're if you're if you're willing to make an enemy out of Marina Shafir, yeah, you yeah. go for it, my son. Oh yeah. Wow. But um, I I think I I think I'd shag, uh, Strongfish. I think just what just like you would never like you'd be able to dine out on that story for mm -hmm. years. Just like oh my god, like I yeah he came, they kicked me to death and broke my back, but it was the it was the night of my life. Although I don't want to kill Kylo Riley. He's mm. so nice. Maybe I'll kill Adam Cole, and maybe like you know, I, you know, jumpstart Pat McAfee's um, NXT Championship run. All right, I'm going to go with marry Kylo Riley, shag Strongfish, and kill Adam Cole because you know he's he's had a good run. He's had a yeah. good he's had a good long run. He's, he's done he's done some great work. It's well time done. for Adam Cole to go and live on a farm somewhere. Can, that's all. But that's what we'll tell the kids. There can Adam be only Cole's one. To live on a farm. Only one Adam. <laughs> in, in the entirety of wrestling. God, you're going to have some words with what culture off the back of that. Yeah. <laughs> An edge. Yeah, you have yeah. too many. <laughs> oh, no, Braun Strowman. Oh, no. I, I think if, they got, if they're using a different name, it's fine. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could go, you could go back to being plumpy, I guess, couldn't you? Oh, don't. God, awful. So you... Wait, so who are you shagging? Oh, you're shagging Cole. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. think that would go? Badly, I imagine. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. Uh, just, I just, I just get the feeling it would. Um, yeah. How are you going to kill um, Roderick? How Strong would I? Then? How would I kill Roddy Strong and Bobby Fish? It's just two of them. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard to kill. It's much easier that, to have sex with them. See, this is the thing. I, I guess, like, I've never really thought about this game in that in the actual like in terms of what you know. What would my marriage to Kyle O'Reilly actually be like? Like, you know. Do we, how long do we have to be? Are we allowed to get a divorce in this in this game, or is it? Do we have to stay married forever? I mean, if if he because like if he 
uh, he has started to kind of scale back on the ginger beard. But there was a time when you and him were, were looking quite similar. Mm. Um, and it's to the point where it's just like, uh, so, you know, what they what they say, what they say about um, straight, straight sex couples is is true. They just eventually just start to to look alike. Right. One, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> much more difficult with the gay community. Um, sex, uh, same sex, what am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. I'm, an, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, I mean, I would kill Roddy Strong by locking him in a boot, I think. Uh, <laughs> just leaving him there. Oh my God. And then just I slowly would... slowly starve to death? Yeah, and then monster. I would... And then six months down the line, uh, when Bobby Fish had exhausted himself looking for Roderick Strong, I would sit him down and at length tell him what I did to Roddy Strong and then watch him die of a broken heart. Right, or kill you. Yeah, or <laughs> kill me. Or kill... No, it's my game. I, I get to make the rules. Uh, okay, so I'd either watch him die of a broken heart or I'd run away really fast and then come back with a gun. <laughs> yeah, I would basically say to Adam Cole, uh, I've got you this lovely surprise, look. Uh, look, and I basically I would just get him to, to open, you know, I bring him a box and I say inside is uh, I got it months before anyone else. It's a PS5 out of mm. coal. And he would open up the little box and there would be just a little note inside that says, I'm sorry. And I had to shoot him twice in the back of the head. Completely painless. Completely no, painless. Yeah, because what I would do is kill him like a, a death by thousand cuts scenario <laughs> using Uno cards. That's what I'd do. <laughs> Oh, you think you're good at this game, do you, Adam? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you just like Tower of Babel this, and you're like <laughs> Batman, you have a way of taking out every single yeah, member of the WWE roster. I've yeah, that's it. I've got a huge list. Uh... <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, well, there we oh, go. Then, that's all, that's we go. all we've got time for on this uh, <laughs> Shag, Mary Kill edition of the NXT podcast. Um, you've got more awesome NXT content coming up. You've got the magazine show tomorrow. You have SmackDown on Saturday. And you'll be getting, I think you'll probably be getting an NXT review at some point next week as well, if you're lucky. Uh, I don't know if we've actually decided that yet, but here's hoping you do. Me and Adam are actually away next week, so it won't be us. It'll be someone else discussing NXT TakeOver if it does happen. Um also check out Wrestle2 because there's been a bunch of New Japan content over there for you. Uh, and also that's where our predictions for this edition of NXT TakeOver number 31 will be too. So head over there to see those. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 